we, we are in week seven of smoking hot. We have one week to go. Next week, uh, we're done. So we'll end with a bang on Father's Day, right? On Father's Day. Remember on Mother's Day? Ladies, what happened? Guys, do you remember what happened? How we just really, we really hammered away on the guys because it was your day? Well, look, it's not fair, ladies, if you don't show up next week. You have to show up next week. And guys, you want to show up next week because you want to hear what we have to say about Father's Day. All right. Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse number 16. This is my lover. This is my friend. Friendship in the song is very, very important. Friendship is very important to a marriage, and it's just very important in the whole dating process. It's very important to keep in mind that this is about friendship. Very important thing. All right, I want to say this, because I, I hear this a lot. I hear a lot of people saying, you know, I want to get married. And then every now and then I hear people, and sometimes they're the same, people say, why does the church always push marriage? Why does it push marriage? Listen, you don't have to get married. No, no, but this, we are not, you don't, you're not like a second class citizen. You, you don't have to get married. You're happy and single. Oh, God bless you. Be happy. But for those of you who want to get married, we're going to talk about some principles here. But also I want to say this. Most of you want to get married, and almost all of you will. 95% of Americans get married at least once by the time they turn age 55. 95% get married by the time they turn age 55. Dating. Let's focus on dating. Dating has two problems, two categories, problematic categories to dating. Number one, no dates. It's a big problem when it comes to dating if you're not having any dates. Number two, the wrong dates. No dates and the wrong dates. Dates. So here's your first fill in the blank. Because those two things, they cause a lot of frustration. So here's the first fill in the blank. Stop getting angry, start getting busy. Stop getting angry, start getting busy. All right. I just want to say that if you're experiencing frustration, and I happen to know personally that some of you are, because you have freely, wonderfully, lovingly shared that with me about some of your frustration, all right? If you're experiencing frustration, whether it's mild, medium, or hot frustration, whatever it is, you are not powerless to do something about this. It's not like, oh, man, life is just doing all this to me and I can, there's nothing I can do. No, no, there is absolutely something you have to do. You have the power to change your situation. Isn't that awesome news? If you're single and you want a better dating life, there is actually things that you can do to change your situation. I have felt so bad in the past as single guys and single girls have come to me and they'll say this straight up. They'll look at me and they'll say a single guy will say this to me. He'll look at me right in the face. This has happened many times. There are absolutely no single women at Grace Community Church. A single woman will come to me. It's happened many times. You'll say there are absolutely no single men at Grace Community Church. I say, can we get the two of you groups together somehow? Can we can we work this out? I want to say, and I felt so bad in the past because I felt like, what do I do other than say, oh well, let me just pray for you. Let me just pray for you. But there's something. Prayer is awesome, and we need to pray. But there's something in addition to prayer that we can do. I have recently uh, been given this book. Uh, it's called How to Get a Date Worth Keeping by Dr. Henry Cloud. He is a uh, clinical psychologist. The book is excellent. It gives a Bible-based game plan to how to greatly improve your dating life. I am going to be talking a lot about this book. And at the end of this little mini message in a few moments, I'm going to encourage that we start a summer book club adventure 
for singles, in which I'm hoping 200 singles will show up for this. Because he talks about Bible-based stuff, and he's actually run people through a program, and it works. And it's worked really, really well. So I have been very encouraged that there are things that we can actually do to kind of take control of what's going on in our lives. We have power to make a change. It's very important to say, all right? You have the power. Would you mind saying that with me? I have the power. Could you say that? I have the power. You do have the power to make a change. Now, I know some of you didn't say it because you're sitting in your seat and uh, you're like, you're not going to make me say that. All right. But you do have the power. Look what it says in Philippians chapter 2. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. It, God doesn't work outside of us. God works in us and through us and on us. Like we are working together with God to accomplish whatever his purpose is in our lives. It's so important to pray for that person, maybe uh, for a date or dates, or maybe that person that you might spend your life. It's so important to pray. Fast and pray. Krista and I, when we were dating, we dated for like uh, close to four years. Oh, my goodness. We fasted and prayed all the time. All the time, because we knew this is a big decision, and it's really important to do. But I want to say, outside of the fasting and praying, which we should all do because it's a really big decision, we should get up and do some, some things that are productive about it. You think in Genesis chapter 24, Abraham wanted to get a spouse for his son Isaac. So what did he do? He prayed. But after he got done praying, he sent his head servant, Eleazar, the guy that was in charge of all of us, like he was like the CEO of Abraham's massive business, because Abraham had lots of people, lots of money. So he sent his key guy, his CEO, on a trek for hundreds and hundreds of miles with a bunch of people to find a wife, and her name was Rebecca. There was something he did. He didn't say, okay, God, could you, like, just airlift the spouse and just drop her out of the sky? Far too often, I'm just waiting on God. I'm just waiting on God to send me the spouse. You better hope that the person God has selected for you works for Domino's or FedEx or Papa John's or something like that. You're going to have to do something. You have to do something. And there are things that we can do. So here's the next film of the bike. Here's very important. Stop dating for mates and start dating for friends. I can't say this strong enough. My lover is my friend. My lover is my friend. Friendship. Forget the mate thing. Forget I want to marry. I want to marry. Sometimes we just wake up and we just have radar on all the time. You know, mate, is that a possible mate, 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 mate? You know, can I find this person that's a mate? Take it off the table. Take that off the table. It's messing everything up. If all you're looking, I got to find a mate, I got to find a mate. It is undermining the process that God is wanting to work in your life. God wants you to find friends. Wants you to find friends. When, when you eliminate this whole thing, I, I, I gotta find them. When you get that out of the way, right? Now you can become, there's too much pressure. Like, if you're under all that pressure, every time you see somebody and meet them, you meet, you meet Harry or you meet Sally, right? You meet Harry or Sally, right? Oh, should I marry them? Are they, are they gonna ask me out? Is this a good potential? Think about all that pressure you're under. Do you act like yourself when you're under that much pressure? Answer is no, you don't. And neither do they. But when you look at somebody and say, hey, could I be friends with this person? Not like, hey, could I live the rest of my life with this person? Forget that. Could I be friends with this person? Much better. You want to focus on friendship. Let's go to the golf club. Okay. Now, I, I hate golf. 
I actually despise the sport. And here's the thing. I never, I, I, I virtually never play, but I do to go to the driving range more than I actually go out on the course. And there's reasons because I'm absolutely horrendous at golf. Golf. Nobody has really ever taught me anything about golf. Here's, here's, here's my idea about playing golf. The goal is to hit the golf ball, right? Hit the golf ball. You know what? That's not the goal. Do you realize in golf? So I go out to the driving range, and here I am, and I'm just, man, I'm just plowing away. And the ball dribbles about five yards off the tee, over and over. And I'm trying, you know, after I do that, I say, I'm going to try even harder. And I'm just winding up, and I'm trying to hit it. And here's this 95-year-old guy. He's about 130 pounds, and he's just like, whew. 200 yards, and I am so humiliated. How can this guy who's at death's door (laughs) hit that ball? But you know what? The goal in golf, everybody, is not to hit the golf ball. The goal in golf is to make a proper swing, and the golf ball just happens to get in the way of the swing. Here's the thing. If you're trying to get a mate, you are messing the whole process up of what God wants to do in your life. If you're so keyed up on that, what your goal is is to go out and make friends, and your mate just might find their way in front of your swing. Does that make sense? Too much pressure. Too much pressure. Corey, thank you very much. I'll need that back after this in case I want to break it later on. All right. Don't be in a hurry. I can't tell you how many times. I don't know if this exists anywhere else in the country. It probably does. I don't know. But people say this to me all the time. I don't have time to date. I don't have time to date. I'm too busy to date. If you don't have time to date, then there is no way that you have time to get married. Because love, everybody, is built on time. First definition of love. Who knows it? First Corinthians 13. Love is what? Patient. It's patient. So what does it mean to be patient? It means you've got to have time. If you don't have time to date, you don't have time to get married. You don't have time to date and you get married to somebody, you are just ship, you are shooting yourself right in the foot. You don't, it just does not work. We are a bunch of type A Washingtonians. I was, Derek was speaking a few weeks ago and I was out there, uh, in, in the lobby. I wasn't in here. I was outside and, um, all of a sudden, and the service hadn't even been an hour long. All of a sudden, both doors just blew open and like a hundred people came out. And I said, whoa, I don't hear music. Is the service over? And I turned to say to somebody and they said, oh no, that happens every week. I said, why? He said, everybody's in a hurry. Everybody's in a hurry. I mean, we hadn't even gone an hour in the service and we're dying to fly out so we can be the first one out of the parking lot so we could go, I don't know, get to Starbucks or do a text message to somebody. I don't what what? I don't know what. But we're so busy, we don't even have time to hang out a few minutes after the service and maybe meet somebody new, make a new friend. Here's the other thing. Some people say, I hear this all the time. You know what? I don't have time to do that dating thing. You know, I'm going to date somebody. I'm going to be serious. Wrong. And, and, and people say, well, I know so-and-so, they did it, and look how great it worked for them. They are the exception, not the rule. What you want to do is be is slow down in the process. Don't be in a hurry. Make friends, not mates. Look what Proverbs 19 says. Haste makes mistakes. Proverbs 21. If you get in a hurry, you're going to end up poor. You don't want to get there. Don't give up. Ecclesiastes Chapter 7 says, the end of the matter is better than its beginning, and patience is better than pride. Don't give up. I hear people say, you know what? I went on this online dating service, whether it's Match or eHarmony, whatever. I went on two dates, and they were a bunch of, they were a bunch of nutcases. I'm just giving up. I'm going to stay at home and just wait for God to bring me something. Don't give up. The end of the matter is better than the beginning. Don't give up. Keep trying. Somebody set me up on a blind date. That was terrible. Don't give up. 
keep, if you're just making friends, then you're learning about other people and you're, gro- and you're growing. All right? Last thing I'll say about this before we get to the next point. Don't get physical. Friends don't get physical. Three times in the Song of Solomon, it says the exact same thing. Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. And I know you're thinking, oh, yeah, you're coming to church. And the guy standing up on the platform is like saying, you know, don't have sex. Don't have All he wants to do is judge us or rob our fun. That's not it. The moment you introduce the physical aspect of that relationship, you are no longer just friends. And you can't totally understand, you know... Do I want to keep pursuing a friendship with this? Where do I want this friendship to go? Because once you introduce that, that just changes everything. Change that. Chris and I were friends for like forever. We didn't even think about anything romantic. We were able to, in that process, really understand, do we like hanging out with each other? And we realized, you know, we did. We really enjoyed each other's company. We had a tremendous amount of fun. And then there was that fateful night on the church bus. When I realized, wait a minute, this is something more. And I pulled my move. I went up to stretch. Did, yeah. Yes. Very. I only, I only use, I only use that move one time. It's very embarrassing. Uh, but it worked. I didn't have to use it again. But the point is, is that, is, is that, is that we, we were friends for a long time first. All right. Here, next one. Stop sulking, start changing. Stop sulking, start changing. I want to read something to you from this book. Uh, Okay. All right. Listen to this. Listen to this. Uh, The ability to attract others comes, listen, comes from things going on on the inside of us. The ability to attract others going things on the inside of us. All right. Why? Here's what somebody says. And I hear this all the time. And I see this all the time. Why do the ones I'm not interested in always like me? And the ones I like are not attracted to me. All right. That's the end of the quote of the person. Now the author of the book says this, trust me, this has a lot to do with internal issues that are going to be talked about in this book and things that you can take control of. Isn't that amazing? It has a lot to do with internal things that are going on in the inside of you. Dating is an excellent opportunity to make friends and learn about people. It's an excellent opportunity to grow yourself as a person once you take that mate thing off the table. Friendship is important. We know that from the Bible. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 you are better off to have a friend. I was at a men's meeting, a rather, it was about 20 guys in this men's meeting, and we had a guy there, I guess he was in his late 20s, and we were talking about changing and God doing work in our life, and he said, he said this thing, he said, look, he said, I thought for years, I'm like in my late 20s now, I said, I thought I was just a really good person. I may look at other people and think, man, I'm just so much better than they are. I, you know, I'm, I'm good, I'm patient, and I'm kind, and I'm giving, and I'm caring, and all this kind of stuff. He said, then one day, out of nowhere, I realized that I wasn't. I realized that I'm selfish, and I'm like too stressed, and I'm uptight, and I can be mean, and stingy, and all this stuff. And the room got really quiet, and Big Russ was there that day. And Big Russ looked at him, he said, would you mind telling me what it was? What, how did that... So I started dating this girl. And when I started dating this girl, it became so evident from our friendship that I had a lot of changing to do in my life. Now, don't mistake this. I'm not saying that the, that the woman is always trying to change us. So don't go there. The point is, is through the dating process, we discover a lot about ourselves. We begin to discover, are we, are we too uh, stressed are we too inconsiderate of other people? Are we too disorganized? Are we too shallow, self-centered? Or are we lacking maybe spiritually? 
We begin to learn this stuff. Take the date, take the mating thing off the table, just the, just the making of friends. You can learn these kind of things as you make friends with somebody. Last point is this. You can't continue to keep doing the same things you're doing and expecting different results. So I want you to write this last thing down. Stop the insanity and start the sowing. Stop the insanity and start the sowing. God makes a very strong statement in Galatians chapter 6 where he says God cannot be mocked. That's a strong statement, everybody. When you read strong statements like that in the Bible, you have to stop for a minute and say, whoa, what's going on here? God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. In other words, whatever seeds you're planting in the ground, you're going to reap that. You plant apple seeds, you're going to get an apple tree. You don't plant apple seeds and you're going to get peaches. What you sow is what you reap. This is very important. Now, here's what Proverbs says. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. A lot of this is talked about in this book. I want to say just this. We have to begin to plant seeds of friendliness all around us. Because if we plant seeds of friendliness to other people, we will eventually reap a harvest. In this book, he talks about a a lady who she said her mom had always told her, never make eye contact with a man, never say hello, never smile, never be approachable. And that's the way she lived. And she wondered why she didn't know anybody and why she was never getting asked out on dates. And then she decided one day that that was all bogus and that she was just going to start smiling, saying hello, how are you doing, this kind of stuff. She started sowing seeds. And she said after a while, all of a sudden, she began to reap a harvest of new friendships. And then she said it got even better than that. After a while, she didn't even have to smile at people. She was giving off some kind of vibe that she was approachable. This works for both men or women. When you sow those seeds, God says, I will not be mocked. If you sow yourself to be a friendly person, if you're sowing that way, you are going to reap the harvest. God says, I will not be mocked in that. It's very important that we begin to sow those seeds. A huge problem that we hear all the time is the the available pool of people is extremely small. People say this at Grace all the time. There's like, Two single guys here. There's not. We have like 150 people coming to the single social after the second service at 12 o'clock downstairs. And there's more than two guys that are showing up. (laughs) Single guys, single guys. So this is not true. It's not based in reality. Single guys, there's like no, there's like one or two single women at Grace. That's not true. And you know what? We live in a city that is filled with singles. And you say, yeah, but they're all bad. No, they're not. No, they're not. There are some wonderful, 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 godly single men and women all over the city. Don't allow the devil to deceive you. Don't buy into the myth. It's not true. There's wonderful people in this city. Talks about in this that he was at a conference. He's at a conference leading on singles issues in California. And a woman spoke up and she said, look, California is no good. California's no good because everybody's in a hurry. Everybody's trying to be all cool and everything, and I can't get a date here. If I lived in the Midwest, I'd have dates galore, you know, hometown, Midwest, all that kind of stuff. The very next day, he flew to the Midwest, and that night he was leading a seminar. And a woman in the seminar who lives in the Midwest said, you know what? The Midwest is terrible. If I lived where you were from in California, I'd have dates. I mean, they just, just all, you understand what I'm saying? It's not about where you live. It's not about all those things. There's some things that all of us have to do. All right, there's a simple assignment that he gives in this, in this book, and it, and it works. And you'll have to read the book to figure that out. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 says, Cast your bread upon the waters, for after many days you will find it again. Sow your seed in the morning, and at evening let not your hands be idols, for you don't know which is going to succeed, 
whether this or that, or whether both will do equally. Here's the thing. You can't keep doing the same thing. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I've gone over time. All right. I want to say this one last thing, and then bring the panel up. Here's the thing. You can't keep doing the same thing. What you, we go to college. We get out of college. We start in work. We know a bunch of people, kind of the remnants of the college days, that we still have those friends. Then we get into these hard routines, and then we do the same thing every day, and we see the same people every day, and we work with the same people every day, and we go to that same house every day. You have to break your routine to do something new. I'm so tired of people telling me that online dating is not cool or it's for losers. It's ridiculous. About half the weddings I do today, people met online, and those people are not losers. Online dating is the new college. College was perfect for meeting new people, wasn't it? It was awesome. You had a whole sea of brand new people to meet and experience and make friends. But the world we live in isn't conducive to that. So we have things like clubs, and we play kickball, and we go to church, and all of these things. And online dating can be one of those things. There is a couple here. I'm going to express a frustration, all right? There is a couple here at Grace that it is their pet project. They have files and files on online dating. They're married. They're not trying to get dates themselves. But they want to help other people get dates. And you know what? Their success rate is incredible. Every single person they have helped is either now married or in a very successful dating relationship. I Listen, here's the frustration. I threw that information out to a whole slew of single people that I know that really want to get married. Not one person has taken me up on the offer to work with this couple to help them. That's frustrating to me. And I know we might say, you know, yeah, but I didn't, you know, whatever. Come on. Let's just do it. Let's get busy. There are things that we can do to change all of this. All right. Last thing. This book. Here's the goal. I would love to see 200 of our singles here at Grace buy this book and during this summer have a summer adventure book club. Right? You can meet like four times maybe. I want you to take out that bulletin that you have and that little perforated card, put some kind of contact information on it, say you want to get in the book club, let us know how to get a hold of you, let's get groups of people, let's read the book. Hey, it says it's based on the Bible. It says it works. Why don't we do it? It'll be an adventure to find out. Now, you can do that or, you know, if you're happy, if you're happy where you are, don't do it. But if you want to see or you want to make new friends, you want to make new friends, this is a great way to go. All right. Here we go. Let's bring the superstars up here. And uh, we got some bumper music in between that's going to help us with this. Golden breezes through the trees. so pretty. You're all I see. As the world keeps spinning around. You hold me right here. coming right here. Okay, would everybody welcome Karen, Janae, Kelly, and Carl. Big round of applause. Okay, 
Remember when you speak to hold that mic right on up there? We are just dying to hear everything that you have to say. These guys are superstars and have been hands That's why we're all single. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I had a lot of questions about pursuit. A few weeks ago, I mentioned something about that single guys are saying, you know, uh, girls are pursuing them too much, and it generated lots of uh, stuff. Let's just say stuff. So I, my first question is this. What qualifies as pursuit? Carl and Janae are going to help us with that. Carl, what qualifies as pursuit? Well, for starters, uh, this is just my personal opinion, um, but I think that it doesn't matter if it's man or woman pursuing. They, they can pursue each other. I think we live in an age of gender equality, and it's okay uh, as long as there's interest. Um, but I think there are three key pieces to pursue. Number one, it has to be intentional. You can't just say, oh, I'll see you around and expect you know, that it's going to come together. You really have to let the other person know that they're becoming a priority to you and you want to pursue them. The second thing is that it's repeating. Uh, you can't do it one time and think that's going to get the job done. You have to let that person know that it's, you know, it's, it's a priority and it's repeating. And finally, um, kind of clashes a little bit with what you said earlier about friends, but I think the friends piece is definitely there. But it has to be motivated by some type of chemistry. Uh, you don't know where it's going to go ultimately, but I think that you feel something. You feel some chemistry. You feel a potential for romance. Mm -hmm. Very good. So uh, one of the things that the single guys have said to me when they said the thing about pursuit, it's, it's uh, stalking would be a better word than, than using pursuit. I should have used the word stalking, okay? You know, I had some single women say to me, so that means we can't, like, even call a guy or we, is online dating, is that considered pursuing that kind of stuff, which I don't think it is. So maybe a better term is say uh, guys are saying that the stalking is not good. Uh, Janae. What do you think about stalking? Um, I think stalking is illegal in most states, so you probably shouldn't do it. Um, but I do think that there's some – I think the guys have expressed a concern that is there in light of sort of this day and age, Carl, is true, uh, where we are sort of in this – where we can be equal. Uh, women can sort of like get out there. We're a little more assertive, aggressive sometimes. And I think it's because we're not getting the message oftentimes that you're interested. And so I say in pursuit, Carl is spot on with the be intentional. Don't invite me someplace. And then I show up. Three hours later, you come talk to me as I'm walking out the door and say, oh, I wish we could have spent some time together. And you're like, wait, you, you, but you, you've been playing Dungeons and Dragons for the past three hours. This is all hypothetical. <laughs> it's never happened to Janae, actually, hypothetically speaking. Go back to It actually happened. I just, this is not hypothetical. And if you're in the audience, I'm sorry. So, but, so. <laughs> sorry. But it's true. You should just be intentional. because. And then the worst thing is he sent a text the next day talking about he wanted to spend more time with me. And I was like, What? So I just think you need to be intentional and the mixed messages. It's okay to hang out with a friend. I'm not trying to marry you on the first date. Just trying to get to know you. So don't be afraid because I'm a Christian woman that the first thing I'm thinking about is like our glorious day of marriage. It's not it's just not that into you. Oh, yeah, man. Go ahead. That is something that I've heard a lot. I've heard Christian girls say, I do not date a Christian guy, and I've heard Christian guys say they will not date a Christian girl. What is up with that? Who has an answer for me on that? 
Okay. It used to be that like there was the I mean it, you mean like you were the biggest sinner unless you dated Christian to Christian. Right. So what? So part of it is um, I did a little informal survey. Some of you might have gotten it. It was I was watching some important TV, Ancient Aliens, and thought, why don't I send out a survey to all of my friends, just asking them sort of some questions. And one of the questions was about, would you prefer to date a Christian or just date any, you know, somebody? It doesn't matter whether they're Christian or not. And overwhelmingly, everybody wants to date. If you're a Christian, you want to date a Christian. So it didn't line up with some of the things that I'd been talking with people about. And part of the issue in the comments section of the survey was that uh, a lot of women especially feel like, well, they've been waiting so long to meet a Christian guy that, Time is sort of <laughs> against them at this point. So at this point, they just want to marry a nice guy, whether he's Christian or not. I'm, I'm serious. It's so sad, but it's sort of the truth. And so it's sort of like lack of opportunity seems to be driving this. I just want to, I just want to marry a nice person, whether he's Christian or not. We prefer Christian, but whether or not. Okay. Can you read? There's, we wanna, our next question kind of comes off of something that was said on this very scientific survey that uh, Janae put together. So could you read that? And then uh, Kelly is going to give a response to that, and uh, Karen's going to speak as well, and I think Carl's got something to say. Again, if you're in the audience, I'm sorry. Um, why is it that so many Christian males do not know how to approach females? Exclamation mark, question mark. There should be classes to help, in parentheses, some... Christian men be more comfortable in social settings, less socially awkward, exclamation mark. So, Kelly, (laughs) do Christian guys need a class to teach them how to approach a woman? Speak on behalf of all the men. No. (laughs) Uh, I think think guys... um, I think guys don't need a class. I think overall... Um, most Christian guys, you know, understand understand what they're doing. They, you know, I think it's it's more of a lack of opportunity. You know, when we nobody wants to be the guy who comes to Grace and says, "Hey, you come here often? I think I've seen you here before." You know, last Sunday. You know what I mean? I I mean nobody. Well, it's like mixing you know mixing two things. Not and so, everybody. Not most everybody. Most people. Some people are very free with that. But anyway, continue on. <laughs> But I, I think overall, uh, guys know what they're doing. They just don't have the opportunity. So I would tell guys that you need to get involved. You know, just coming to church and, and uh, you know, there's, there's obviously a lot of single guys and girls, you know, just, just seeing people and, and thinking that ultimately you're going to become friends with them and, uh, you know, it possibly leading to something more. I just don't think that's realistic. So, I mean, you have to get involved uh you know, you have to, that's how you meet people, you know. So if, if, if that's it, you know, and then there's a, there's other things too, you know. It, it's great if girls are approachable. I always use the term, it's kind of funny, it goes along with your golf thing. If girls tee it up, you know, there's a, there's a, a lot, uh, it's a lot easier for guys sometimes if they are a little bit, uh, less, uh, confident. Less confident. Oh, Karen, did you hear what he just said? I did. Okay. <laughs> All right. What does that mean? Well, I, I agree that I don't think guys need to have a class. I think that, in general, people know what they need to do to ask someone out on a date. But I think it takes, like he said, opportunity. And it also takes courage. And not all guys are confident enough to 
you know, go up to someone that they're not sure about and, and ask because no one really likes rejection. So I think that, um, like, the church has been doing a good job, like, trying to start these more, like, singles events and things like that. Um, like you mentioned, people aren't going to, after church in the foyer, are going to ask someone out. But if we can just all get together in relaxed environments, hang out, um, whether it's church-sponsored or I think a lot of it falls on us. We need to start organizing more events outside of church, you know, do dinners, cookouts at the park, whatever, and just invite all your friends to come and, you know, you just meet new people and grow your friendships that way. I think that's more where we need to go versus having a class for guys. Okay, very good. Carl, you want to add anything there? Yeah, I think I kind of split the difference between Kelly and Karen. I think, um, do guys need a class? Probably. <laughs> um, I think for two reasons. One, um, you know, guys sometimes just get burned over time and they feel a little trigger shy. You know, I, I like to play basketball, so there have been positions when I've taken like a game-winning shot and I've made some, but there are times when I've failed. So I think that guys get out there and they can, you know, they, they sense maybe some failure and they might get a little, a little nervous about that. You want to sort of shake out the Etch-a-Sketch every time and start fresh, but it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes you carry some of the disappointment from the past with you into the new one. And um, secondly, um, you can be scared if things don't go well. You develop a reputation of being like this serial dater. And also seeing somebody in the church who you kind of dated, and then now you want to come to this safe, comfortable place at your church, and then a couple rows down, you see the person that it didn't go so well with. And so, you know, that can be a little uncomfortable. It takes your comfortable place and turns it into an uncomfortable place. Oh, boy. Is that a problem? According to my survey, it is a problem. It is a problem. <laughs> is there anything that we can do about that? John's going to start doing five services every Sunday. <laughs> mentioned before i think if we just turn the focus on friendships versus dating so that you know you just you don't jump into anything really serious so quickly so that hopefully you know you can kind of feel out the waters um as friends and then if things don't work out it's not a big deal to see them on sunday okay i have um received a lot of questions and emails and comments about about this i had said one week about um Single guys, speaking of single girls, because this is what I was just conveying a message. I wasn't saying myself that single guys are saying stop pursuing and absolutely don't give them sex, and that's what single guys were saying. Okay, and there was there was thought there that the single Christian guys, some single Christian guys, inappropriately were kind of like forcing that forcing that issue, but then we took the survey, didn't we? And and. Not totally scientific, although Janae does this for a living, so it's probably foolproof. But anyway, uh, you got some different results, and I thought we should just at least share some of those results because they might be a little eye-opening. Could you do that real quick before we wrap up? So I said true or false, I believe sex should only happen within the confines of a marital relationship. And of the guys, you know, that actually responded to the survey, all of them said yes. Um, all the all the Christian single guys said sex should only happen inside marriage. Yeah, uh, interesting. Of, 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 of the girls, um, only sixty percent said yes. What is wrong with the women? Wow, we get. <laughs> Which I, I thought was, I mean, again, this is not scientific, but it was it was just kind of an interesting, you know. And I I sent this out broadly at. At the end, we ended up about 47 responses. So, and I did it over basically a day and a half. So that's, 
I mean, that's kind of interesting. Could it be the single women are reading the Song of Solomon too much? I mean, is it? I mean, I read it every day. Yeah, okay. Um, it's great light reading. Yeah. Okay, it's good. All right, um, we're going to do one last question. Actually, a question that we received, um, and I think it's important. Karen's going to ask the question, and then I'm going to chime in on it. And if anybody else has something to say, they can. They can more than welcome to do so. Also, Karen. Is it possible that God wired a person to want to be married, but it's not in his plan for them to actually get married? So uh, is it possible that God has wired somebody to get married, but it's not in God's plan? I don't, I don't think so, not at all, actually. I think that if God wired us with a desire for marriage, that it's in his plan. And to me, it's kind of like in the Garden of Eden. You've got Adam and Eve, and God says, look, don't touch that fruit. That fruit is bad. Stay away from the fruit. That's what he tells Adam and Eve. And then he walks over here. The father walks over here to Jesus and the Holy Spirit and says, it's really my plan that they eat the fruit. I just told them that. That wouldn't make sense. And what happens in this world is God has plans for us and he's wired us with certain desires, but the whole world kind of comes against that. Like Satan, if he has a business model, his business model, the goal of it is to oppose the plans of God. And so we have the enemy that comes against us. We have our own decisions that we make sometimes, right, that come against us. We have the decisions of other people, and we live in a broken world. And all of that is fighting against God's plan. So, you know, I, 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 you know maybe it's God's will for me to marry person A. Well, what if somebody else comes along to person A before, you know, and really, and you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of things that are mixed up in there. But I believe if God has wired us with a desire to be married, that is a part of his plan because it would not make practical sense to me otherwise. Do any of you all want to kick in on that? Yeah, I agree. I think that if God individually wired you for a certain purpose, if I'm an architect, how frustrated, why would I frustrate myself and go against the plans that I laid? If I designed this, this, this uh, hall right here to, for, to seat people, then why would I you know, set it up in a way that no one would ever sit in here? And I think things come along the way. Like there was the earthquake, and this place was ruined, and we had to shut it down for a while and move. Mm-hmm. But the design was that people would sit in here and enjoy whatever's going on. And then ultimately we got back to that original design. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it would just be frustrating if I, as a designer, designed something with a specific purpose in mind, and then that purpose was never, ever lived out. Carl, that's an excellent way to put it. I hope you all picked up on that, what he just said, that eventually we got back to the original design. God is fighting for that, Romans 8.28. God is working hard that all things would be turned into the good. And some of us, have, we've had our hearts broken. And some of us, we're like, when, when, or there's been mistakes or whatever has happened. Here is the one thing I want to leave us on this morning. I don't care if you're single or you're married. The one thing that I want you to know that the Bible is very clear on is God is fighting tooth and nail for your best interest. God has nothing but the best in store for you. That is what he is fighting for. And maybe a lot of stuff has happened along the way. God is fighting for that to get back to the original. One day, we will all return to the Garden of Eden. That's what the Bible points to. Return, And in between, God is fighting to get us back to that place of his original design, all right? Could we just have a huge round of applause for our... I really want to encourage you. 12 noon, okay, downstairs in the commons, we're having a single social. Derek has set up a whole smoothie station bar where you make your own smoothies. We've got at least 150 people coming. It's going to be a great time. 
These guys, these wonderful, beautiful singles that you see in front of you right now, they're going to be down there hosting the whole event. Um, maybe you know somebody that doesn't know about this. Invite them to come. We're going to have an absolute blast. Please consider getting the book and either dropping your Connect card in the box or at the registration table downstairs. I have high hopes about this this summer. Can we just close in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, whether married or single here today. I thank you, God, that you love us and you want nothing but uh, the best for us. Help us, Lord God, uh, just to realize that and to live in the knowledge of that. In Christ's name, amen.